Welcome to the recap, a look back at what happened this week at the Oklahoma Capitol. I'm Davion Daniels. And I'm Macy Elric. This was a busy week on the floor for both chambers. This week and next week are when bills that made it out of committee have to be heard by either the full House or the full Senate. If they don't get heard or approved for the majority vote, the bills won't move forward this session. One of the big focuses this week for the House was once again education. House Bill 2804 would require screenings for dyslexia for kindergarten through third grade students not reading on a grade level. House 2889 requires the State Department of Education to maintain the Dyslexia Handbook created by the Dyslexia and Education Task Force. Representative Rhonda Baker's House Bill 3446 would fund the literary specialists in professional development for teachers. Another of Baker's bills would create a simpler path for teachers to get alternatively certified and it too passed the House. Representative Melody Blansett's bill would give a sales tax exemption for nonprofits that give free school supplies to K-12 teachers in a district with mostly low-income families. On the Senate side of the Capitol, a new abortion-related bill passed. The Unborn Person Wrongful Death Act would allow family members to sue doctors who perform abortions for pain and suffering if an abortion was performed under fraudulent circumstances. The bill passed along party lines and now goes to the House for consideration. A trio of bills passed in the Senate could help military families. Senator Frank Simpson said the bill will lighten the burden on families who serve in the armed forces. Senate Bill 1320 waives residency requirements for students whose parents are active duty. And Senate Bill 1325 would allow students of active duty personnel to enroll in an Oklahoma virtual charter school even if they are transferred out of Oklahoma. Senate Bill 1440 is aimed at preventing fraud and would coordinate efforts between the Tax Commission and the Department of Veteran Affairs to make sure no one is illegally using veteran tax exemptions. One of the biggest rallies this week at the Capitol was aimed at getting a bill to the floor. Freedom Oklahoma and supporters of the LGBTQ rights want lawmakers to consider a bill that would ban a practice known as conversion therapy. As a mother of a gay son, it's, it's harmful to think that he could go into counseling and unwillingly know that he's being, they're trying to pray the gay away and basically bullying and, and it causes, you know, suicide and so we're just trying to help pass this bill to protect the LGBTQ community. There's a lot of history at the Oklahoma Capitol and much of it is hiding in plain sight. Ian's Becca Disney explains. Hi, my name is Rebecca Disney and I have a fast fact for you in front of the Capitol. Did you know that this is not just for decoration. This is the only Capitol building in the world with working oil wells in its grounds. Capitol One, also known as Petunia, was erected in a flower garden in 1941. For the Epic News Network, Rebecca Disney, back to you. There was a real buzz about some animal bills that had people talking about the elephant in the room. In the House, Representative Justin Humphrey's bill aimed at helping the Endangered Art Foundation in Hugo. That group takes in retired circus elephants, and this bill would ensure their practice of allowing visitors to interact with elephants does not fall under animal cruelty laws. Humphrey says animal rights groups have targeted their foundation in the past, and he hopes to protect the work they do with the endangered animals. The intention of this is to promote more local beekeepers. Why do we need local beekeepers? Because we have a lack of bees in the state of Oklahoma, which means we have a lack of pollinators. And because in Senate District 37, we have so few grocery stores, it's really important to be able to grow our own fruits and vegetables. And we have to have pollinators to do that. That was Senator Allison Eichley Freeman talking about her bill to sweeten the pot for people who raise honeybees and sell their products. SB 1388 would give tax exempt status to bee products sold at farmers markets in Oklahoma. And now it's time for our Lawmaker of the Week. Ian's Riley Eisenhower talks with Representative A.J. Pittman about why she got into politics. 
Hi, my name is Riley Eisenhower with Epic News Network, and I am joined with Representative A.J. Pittman. Hi. So what made you decide to join politics? So I have a unique story. My mother was a state representative and a state senator before I was before I served. So I am the first daughter in the state to ever serve in her mother's seat. And I was fortunate enough to continue her legacy. I've grown up in this building since I was four years old. My mom worked as a Senate staffer before she ran for office. So politics is in my blood. It's something that we always plan to do. It's something that my family has a long history of doing in our community, even before my mom decided to run. My great uncle was a city councilman. My great great grandfather built the first two story house and had a grocery store in Deep Deuce in Oklahoma. So service is our signature. It's something that my family legacy has been connected to for a very long time. That's so cool. Yeah. So what are your focuses for this term? So this legislative session has been a big topic about health care. Um, as you know, I authored a bill, House Bill 3088, uh, which would seek to create implicit bias training for maternal and infant mortality rates. Well, I'm also talking about food deserts. So in House District 99, we have food insecurities as well as food deserts. So I've also authored a bill, House Bill 3353, that would seek to allow SNAP recipients to use their EBT um, benefits in online platforms. So they'll be able to use Instacart or Amazon Fresh or Walmart delivery services so that people can have access to fresh produce and fresh foods, even if they don't live in uh, close by a grocery store. So that won't just help House District 99, that'll help rural Oklahomans as well. We're doing some things on education. Education has been a hot topic since the teacher walkout. So we want to make sure that we're entering in that conversation and creating trainings for teachers, creating options for students. Um, we have a big uh, deal with the expansion of Oklahoma City Public Schools and their pathways to greatness. So I authored some legislation that would seek to allow OLAP to fund students who want to take concurrent enrollment classes, um, whether it's their junior year or their sophomore year, as long as they pass their requirements. If you qualify for OLAP, you should be able to use it before you get to college if that's what you choose to do. So we have a lot of good bills in the pipeline. I'm also working on an anti-hair discrimination bill. That's been a hot topic in the media um, when the young man from Texas wasn't allowed to graduate because he would not cut off his dreadlocks. So we're talking about that. I ran a bill that is going to be heard in the Business and Commerce Committee today to stop anti-hair discrimination in the workplace. That's amazing. Yes, yes, yes. We have a lot of topics this year, a big, uh, big topics, just excited to be able to create change for my constituents as well as all Oklahomans. What people have to realize, we are elected to represent our district, absolutely, but when the governor signs that bill, it affects all Oklahomans. And so when we decide on legislation that we're going to present, we want to make sure that we're keeping all of them in mind. So is there a specific thing you're proud of, especially being a woman working in all of this politics? Absolutely. I'm happy to just be at the table. I am the youngest female sitting in the legislature right now. So we have to say if we're going to represent all Oklahomans, that means millennials, that means students, that means young people. So we have to encourage them to be at the table. I want more young people to run for office. I want more students of color to uh, run for office. So for me, as a female, as an African-American female and a Native American female, I'm happy to be here for such a time as this. We are in 2020 
2020 and we're still having first. So I'm the first millennial to hold my seat. I'm the first daughter to serve in her mother's seat. We have to combat those first and we have to get more numbers here. So I'm just happy to be paving that way. So I just as a closing note, what would you want to say to someone who is aspiring to get to a position like yours? Start and find an issue that you're passionate about, whether it's criminal justice reform, whether it's health care, whether it's education. It could be housing. It could be um, millennial issues around education or around economic development, small business. Find you an issue that you are passionate about and connect with someone who is working on that issue. Get involved. Find you a candidate. Work on their campaign. Get some experience. Start getting active in your school and student government, whether that's STUCO or whether that's class representative, whatever that looks like, get involved. Reach out to us. We take pages um, and we take interns who are in college who receive college credit for coming to work to us, as well as I let young people volunteer on my campaign. I want to show them. I started volunteering on my mom's campaign at a very early age, which taught me how to be here. Those things is, is what really gets you to this process. It's not just interviews. It's not just TV. We actually have to go study our legislation. So come sit with us and walk through the grassroots process. Thank you, Representative Fitman. Back to you guys. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us. And make sure to check us out online for more Capitol coverage and stories from our student journalists.